Today on The Topic Show, we review Vivek Ramaswamy, Ron DeSantis, and Nikki Haley's GOP debate highlights. Vivek goes viral for response in regards to transgendering children. Gavin Newsom roasts Ron DeSantis in a quick interview. GameStop's largest investor is now their CEO, president, and chairman. You have Chico's sold for $1 billion. Lululemon and Peloton to form a partnership. And Volkswagen has an IT outage that is so bad it actually stops vehicle production. All that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, see their founder released twice a day. The guy says he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me. See, that's the joke. If you're an IT leader or business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, I know it's an ambitious goal, but we're trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of October. So if you can click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have GameStop's largest investor is now their CEO, their president, and chairman. Specifically, this is Mr. Cohen. He was already the board chairman of the company and their largest investor. GameStop said in a statement that Cohen will not receive additional compensation for serving as its president, CEO, and chairman. Now, this comes from Cohen's holding company, RC Ventures, and they're the biggest current investor of GameStop, holding an eye-blistering 12% stake, which in regards to having one entity, one company, that's a huge percentage of owning a publicly traded company. Now, the company previously fired the previous CEO, Matt Furlong, in June earlier this year because, of course, the company wasn't wasn't really doing as well as they would hope. Now, in terms of Mr. Cohen's background, he has quite an accomplishment in terms of he built what many people regard as one of the best, most successful e-commerce platforms for dog toys and dog food called Chewy.com, which he built that company up. And then once he exited the company, I believe they sold it for a few billion to, I believe, Petsco, one of the biggest legacy pet apparel. I was about to say apparel. People do people do actually buy apparel for pets, a ridiculous thing in and of itself, but pet food and toys and accessory company. Now, interestingly enough, the news actually caught of, you know, letting everyone know that Cohen's going to take on additional responsibilities actually caused the stock to drop by about 1%. So not drastic, but interesting that it actually went down in regard to him having a greater, a greater foothold in the company and taking on even more leadership opportunities. It'll be interesting to see. It's one of those issues where GameStop has gone through CEOs like clockwork. I mean, we're talking multiple CEOs darn near one a year for quite some time. That's usually a telltale sign that a company is in dire need of some corrections. And one of the biggest issues with GameStop, if you look at their portfolio and their history, a majority, the most profitable thing they do at GameStop is they sell used games. They, very similar to most retail businesses, the amount of profit you make on a new product, like let's say for a traditional video game, you're talking maybe one to two bucks out of a $60 video game. And there's not much value in terms of, if you want the new Call of Duty 58 or whatever number they're on now, you could actually, go to Target. You can go to Best Buy if you like discrimination. It's not even a joke. They actually won't let you become a manager depending on your race. Seriously, look down the internet. So you could go to Target, you could go to Best Buy, could go to Walmart, could go to Amazon. So if you want a new video game, you can pretty much get it anywhere. Many people view it as a commodity. It's the same exact game, just where you're getting it from. 
Now, the theory is GameStop has employees that are more expertise in the field, so they can give you more advice, but they're also pushing things that customers don't want, like the game passes and a bunch of other stuff where the metrics of the employees is they have to push those things in order for them to look good because that's what management wants them to do. Because management thought that might be a way to help turn around the company. So new video games, that's not so good. And used video games where they make the most profit of any, and they're selling a lot of knickknacks and tchotchkes in the stores right now, which, and novelties, which are good short-term ideas. And maybe it'll become more of like a Spencer's gift store in the future by having video game correlated knickknacks and tchotchkes. Those are good for short-term profits in terms of, you know, get a pretty penny for selling those knickknacks. But the used games is the big issue with GameStop, and it continues to be for a couple of reasons. The biggest one being, we live in the digital age. So a lot of the new video game consoles, they're able to just download video games right off them internet. Now, the biggest issue with that in terms of consumer protection and you know my three cents of what I would prefer, granted, I prefer cartridges if I do partake in a video game. Well, if you download a video game from the internet onto your, let's say your PlayStation, well, that video game is tied to your account. So you can't resell it like you could with a physical copy. So you actually have people trying to sell their own account. Like if you look at a used PlayStation on the eBay, they'll say like it includes these games. Well, I'll give you my info, which again, that's not a very prudent idea because again, you have a credit card tied to your account and you have to trust that person that they're going to give you the right password. At the end of the day, you don't really own that video game. So not only are they not buying it from GameStop, they're buying it directly from the game store, whether it be an Xbox, you know, Xbox store or the PlayStation store online, but the copy of the game is gone. So there's no used copies. So as physical media dwindles, that's gonna be another huge issue for GameStop. And it'll be interesting to see what it will take for them to pivot. I mean, they they have a, there's a strength of weakness. They used to have more stores than you could freaking count, almost more than a Starbucks, it would seem. And they consolidated some of the stores because they were so close together. Some of them were cannibalizing sales, a phenomenon in which you have two stores right next to each other and they're actually stealing sales from each other as opposed to being further apart, giving customers more geographical coverage. I can't help but think maybe, I would suspect they should increase their services in terms of video game repair, which they do have, but it'll be interesting to see maybe they do some more e-commerce or e-games. They tried to use video games in terms of vintage video games but they're not agile enough of a company to do that. If you're looking at vintage video games, we're talking about, the, it's, I might date myself saying this, but you are talking games from the 90s and 2000s and you know before that as well. But the issue with that is the prices of those fluctuate very, very radically. It's almost as if you're trading a collectible or a piece of artwork. There are people who actually collect video games based on the quality of the label on the cartridge. It's a whole phenomenon in and of itself. It's a whole different industry, which is why I think they subsequently exited that business idea where they attempted to get in that market. They had too many issues, so they abandoned that idea. So they're trying to, they are trying new things the past couple of years, which they need to. They need to find something that will help propel them to the next step of their business life cycle. And let me know in the comments, what do you think will be their next step and how could they turn things around? They certainly benefited from the meme stock in which there's so many short sellers, a phenomenon of you know, stock market a couple of years ago where there's so many people trying to short the stock, yet everyone actually buy it partially just for spite and the stock went up exponentially. So they, I believe it was over $400 per share. So I'll be interested to see what the long-term fate is of this Texas-based company. And I do hope and wish them the best. Other interesting business news, you have Chico's sold for $1 billion, which is 
astonishing. I can't imagine there's... Well, I can't I can imagine, but... Dear God, that is a lot of women's apparel knickknacks. Now, it looks like Chico's FAS is an American women's clothing and accessories company founded in 1983 over in Sanibel Island, Florida. And company is founded by Marvin and Helene Granlick and headquartered in Fort Myers, Florida. Now, apparently they're going to be acquired by an investment firm by the name of Sycamore Partners. They're, you probably hear their name fairly on this show when we talk about acquisitions. And they acquired it, again, for a billion dollars, so quite a good payday for them. And hindsight's are always 2020 with investing, which is why I don't give financial advice in terms of I'm telling you what stocks to buy. We all know the inverse Kramer is a hilarious meme in and of itself, where Jim Kramer will recommend stocks and say it's a solid company, and the day after they'll go bankrupt, which makes for a hilarious meme compl complication on the YouTube videos. But nevertheless, when it comes to this stock, hindsight really is 2020. When it comes to Chico's, their stock, after the news of this, just skyrocketed by 62.69%. Which, damn, that's, that's a pretty big jump, to say the least. Now, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, the quality doesn't degrade, or hopefully, the consumers aren't displaced, or hopefully, the whole thing that they built up continues to be a successful apparel brand now that they have the acquisition. It'll be interesting to see what Sycamore Partners does in regards to their involvement and their decisions about how the company might move forward. But hopefully, not too many jobs are lost, and hopefully, maybe they'll make the company better, give them some a little bit more investments or infuse some funds to help fuel some new ideas. It'll be interesting to see where Chico's goes from here. Other interesting business news, you have Lululemon and Peloton to form a partnership. Wow, can two, can two dying brands or struggling brands combine into one moderately competent company? Time shall tell, but in regards to this, it looks like Lululemon, if you don't know, they're one of the most premier manufacturers and apparel companies when it comes to women's tight pants and three men who acquiesce to buy the products for themselves, apparently. But in all seriousness, they're known for the sheer gym pants, which, oddly enough, people, from a cultural perspective, they find it gym appropriate. It basically is skin-tight pants that leaves nothing to the imagination not, needless to say, it would not be worn by a J.C. Penny gal, as us in the South might say. Nevertheless, highly profitable. I can't imagine how much it costs to make those little... They have about maybe a sock's worth of material in them, and they sell it for like $100. So, highly profitable, successful business model in that regard. But it looks like they just struck a five-year deal that is going to apparently have Peloton be the sole content provider for Lululemon's exercise app, which... Okay, everyone has everyone has an app these days, it seems. How much is really needed or necessary, that's another thing in and of itself. And it will also be on Lululemon's soon-to-be-discontinued Studio Mirror. Yes, an apparel company made a mirror, as silly as that sounds. Granted, you do have to try to innovate and come out with new ideas. Apparently, it's just a, if you like your smartphone, make it a lot bigger, make it a mirror, so the mirror can tell you how to exercise. A novel idea to be sure, however, not profitable enough for them to continue the idea moving forward. Now, in return, Peloton will start to sell co-branded Lululemon apparel on its website, and some of its instructors will become, well, that's a cliche term to say, but Lululemon brand ambassadors. And this is the first time that Peloton's exercise classes will be available to another company. So now it looks like 13 million people are using the Lululemon exercise app, as crazy as that sounds. It'll nearly double Peloton's global member count of 7 million active users. So it'll be interesting to see if two brands that have been premium throughout the years, I mean, 
but they've been struggling. Peloton's co-founder actually just left the company, chief product officer, after being there for 12 plus years. Their stock has dropped precipitously like a rock and they've had so many recalls, it might as well be an automotive company at this point. Pun, because you know, automotive companies have a lot of recalls, partially because there's many components that go into a vehicle, some much more reliable than others. But it'll be interesting to see what kind of cross-branding they do. I mean, everything Peloton is expensive and fancy, so it makes sense for them to start selling co-branded gear, and maybe they'll be more successful together. Interesting partnership, but perhaps a kernel, eh, it seems to, seems to make sense from a logical perspective. It'll be interesting to see, will they be, how, will they ever be acquired by a larger company? Or will they be able to turn things around successfully? Because Peloton had that huge peak during the, the government lockdowns in the United States, especially, where people are stuck in their homes, they shut down the gyms. So a lot of people bought those bikes. There's a huge peak in sales, but now the country's not locked down. So that, that was a, that big sales stick when people are forced to go in their homes. Now they can go back to the gyms. Now they can actually bike outside with a real bike. In some places, they actually made it so you couldn't even do that, as crazy as that might sound, with shutting down public parks. But it'll be interesting to see. Let me know in the comments. Do you think this will be a successful five-year business partnership? Do you think it'll implode and not be successful at all? Or do you think the cross-selling will be successful since maybe they have very similar customer demographics and maybe the customers will appreciate the new opportunity that's being allotted to them? It'll be interesting to see. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Going on to the culture part of the podcast and attempting to make sure the camera's always in focus. Attempting. Appreciate your patience as we try to find new technologies to make the show better. Now, it looks like the culture part of the podcast, you have Disney password crackdown and the pricing increases both beginning this month and their stock takes a little bit of a dip. Now, some of the headlines are a little bit more sensatious, a little more bombastic. And it looked like, oh, the last week when this announced, it went down by a percent or two, which, again, it's not good, but for a multi-billion dollar company like Disney, that's it's not going to make or break the company. However, will these initiatives break it? Now, it looks like Disney will be increasing the price of even their no-ad subscription, and very similar to Netflix, they're going to make it so you can no longer have password sharing. And, of course, they're going to have it, of course, because they're a technology company, they know everything. It's going to be geo-locked in terms of they're going to constantly run analysis to see where are the people logging in from your account? Are they in the same house? Are they not in the same state? And apparently, depending on what package you get, you can only have so many people logging in from the same house. So they're starting to put, more, put a lot more restrictions on this. Now, this is partially because Disney Plus has never made a profit. It's not that they have one bad fiscal quarter, they've, or one two bad fiscal quarters. They've never made a profit, ever. Now... This isn't the end of the world. Some of the most successful companies take years to make a profit. Perhaps one of the most best examples being Amazon.com. That took, I think, a couple decades where they were able to actually meet their first profit. Same with Tesla. There's a big sunk cost setting up the factories, research and development. It took years to become profitable. So that in and of itself, I don't think would be a concern for major investors for Disney. However, it's one of those things where they're not just losing money here. They're losing money in multiple categories at Disney through their, I would say, nearly unprecedented, yeah, yeah I'd say a pretty unprecedented moronic business leadership or lack of a modicum of intelligence as they inject politics into a major entertainment product that was originally designed for everyone, the mass audience. So instead of having the mass audience of, you know, everyone in the United States or the globe, they decided to go, eh, 
let's go for a small segment, which for some industries makes sense, for some businesses makes sense. But given Disney, they were supposed to make a product for everyone. They weren't starting a business that's going after a niche clientele or a niche topic. They were specifically trying to make something for everyone. Now, they've kind of pigeonholed themselves. They're in a very specific political lane and many people say that they're no longer child appropriate as they inject sexual themes into children's content. They've also gotten ridiculed for race swapping characters and they're losing money left and right. Even their movies, which Disney used to basically print money for a living with movies. It was, it was almost one of those things where it was a guaranteed hit. You look at the 90s, the 2000s, you look at earlier in the year, look at, and not this year, many years back, if you look at a blue chip stock, there's a traditionally a stock that's as close to a guarantee as you can get. It was a stable company that over has really proven themselves to grow throughout history. You're not going to, it's not going to be like a big jump, like a tech stock in, in many cases, but it's a consistent growth. They are no longer that. So they're losing money on Disney plus. They're also losing money on movies. So by movies, they've lost nearly $2 billion on films. Let that number sink in for a second. Nearly $2 billion from a company that again, used to print money on every movie they made. It was almost as if they had King Midas's touch. Everything they touched seemingly turned to gold. Now, everything they touched seems to be turned to Bud Light, perhaps would be an apt metaphor for a physical product that it could turn into. That's Because I was about to say lead, but lead has many actually good industrial uses. You got bullets, you got lead acid batteries. So yeah, I think Bud Light would be a good example. So it's the, uh, but the Bob Iger touch. Now, Bob Iger, again, he trained Bob Chapek, his protege. Bob Chapek took over about, I want to say, a year and a half ago, or two years. He took over for about a year, made some terrible business decisions, injected politics, took away membership benefits for the people who actually had memberships to go to the parks. And he failed so bad, Bob Iger came back to fix Disney. Now, when he came back a little bit over a year ago, he said, okay, we're going to stop doing politics. We're done. We're going to get back to our roots. But then they got involved in politics with Florida with the pejoratively named Don't, get, Don't Say Gay Bill, which was just a bill that said teachers aren't allowed to talk about sex themes or identities with children. It wasn't specifically about any orientation, but it was pejoratively called that. And in terms of marketing, the people who are against the bill, that worked because everyone calls it that to this day. But... Disney tried to get involved and they said, oh yeah, we're against this bill. Which again, you're making, th th there was no reason for you to do that. Unless they truly believe that kids need to learn about sex and need to be indoctrinated, which thanks to some leaked emails and leaked videos, we know Disney employees want. They literally had emails leaked, internal meetings with Disney executives and Disney employees where they have their, they literally call it an, an, a gay agenda. People used to call that a conspiracy theory for decades, but now they're probably proclaiming it in internal meetings. So again, that in and of itself, in the United States, introducing those themes and ideas to children is a controversial thing. And you're going to lose some of your audience members because of that. And as many people compare this to a political issue, in the United States, most political issues seem to kind of break down 50-50 with the left and the right, and you have some folks in the middle, of course. but. Again, you're basically alienated a, a huge part of your audience. Now, in the rare example, going back to the changes with Disney enacting where they're increasing the prices and they're getting rid of the password sharing. Now, interestingly enough, I thought that would tank Netflix in terms of the 
the password sharing, it actually increased their revenue. I was shocked because an overwhelming majority of the time, when you think of something where someone gets something for free, usually, not always, they don't value that thing because they're getting it for free. That's why in business, it's very hard to move from giving a service or a product away for free to then moving to charging for it. It's it's a very, it's a, it's a sales tactic. I know some companies are very, they're very, they're very fanful of that idea. They believe in it. As I've owned a couple small businesses throughout the years, I think more often than not, it does a disservice to that product or service. Cause again, you're saying it's val you're treating it like it's free. You're telling them that there's no value to that. And when it comes to password sharing, if I, you're getting the content for free, well, why would you actually pay for it? Now, Disney, even worse than Netflix, they've cut more content than any other streaming provider. Disney actually also owns majority stake in Hulu as well. So they're raising the prices, also slashing the content by nearly 40%. And with Disney, they're much more politically divisive than Netflix. Don't get me wrong, Netflix does have main political charged films and activities, but Disney's been the lightning rod for a lot of these political conversations and cultural issues and discussions more so than I would say nearly any media company. And again, they're losing money left and right. The parks are the only thing that made a profit really. And that's partially thanks to the international Disney parks. So it does make sense that in the press release, I believe about two or three weeks ago, Disney said they're gonna invest several billion dollars, double the previous investment over the same fiscal period into the parks to make them better. Although they also have full grown men dressing in dresses serving little girls at Disney now, which again, that is more controversy. That is more of a cultural phenomenon, discussion, but a lot of people are not comfortable with that. So they're doing more actions even at the parks, which are making them, the one thing making the money, they're introducing conflict and controversy when previously there was basically no controversy to the parks. And also lastly, the parks, they're very expensive. I mean, when I was a kid, my family was middle, low in, middle income and very privileged in the fact that, you know, two parents household, never went hungry. And we, my parents strived for years to save up and we were very blessed to, to have the opportunity where we had a family member who worked at um, one of the um, checkouts at Disney. They were their park employee. And even with their employee discount, we could barely afford to go there. And don't get me wrong, at the time it was a magical opportunity. I'll never forget that experience. It was great, it was magical. But even, even then it was prohibitive, it was very expensive. Now it's even more expensive. You're talking thousands of dollars. So I can't help but think Disney just, this is gonna hurt them more than it did with Netflix. Netflix also had a little bit of a discount too. If you signed up as a, like a family member or something like that, it seemed to be like, they gave you a discounted rate. So they kind of, it was like a discount password sharing. In this case, I, let me know in the comments, do you think this will increase the number of paid Disney Plus subscribers? Or will this cause people to think, you know what, we have 40 year hyperinflation, my family's struggling, we have no idea. Businesses are scared who's going to become president because they don't know how rules and regulations are going to affect their businesses. There's a lot of uncertainty, they may have to lay people off. With all this uncertainty, a lot of people are starting to tighten their belts. Which is an achievement in and of itself because Americans, the belts are pretty tight just because of our waistlines, unfortunately. So those bills are working hard, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, you don't need this. You're getting less content, it's increasing the price. I mean, it, it sounds silly, but you should've just kept your Disney uh, VHSs. One of the nice things about physical media, you buy it, you own it. 
you know, I was going to say VHS is actually, or video cassettes, I'm perhaps aging myself, they actually degrade over time. So it's better to get a DVD or the DVD, as the youth might say, or that's even, actually, no, I was about to say that's actually outdated as well. You get a Blu-ray disc or download a digital copy to an external hard drive where it's not like to your profile so they can't just delete it like some companies have in the past. So, I'll, I mean, this stock is struggling too. So this news, only about 1% or 2% down. But if you look at the long-term, uh, moderately long-term, six-month trend, I mean, this stock's down 17.28%. So it went from about $98 per share all the way down to about $80.13 per share to what used to be a blue chip, chip stock. And I think the culture is shifting. I think, especially in the short term, when I say short term, I mean the next 12 to 24 months, I think more people are going to move away from Disney as they continue to inject politics and controversy into content. And they're creating their own competition. One of the fastest growing conservative media companies in the United States is The Daily Wire, headquartered out in Nashville, Tennessee. And they're going to start producing children content specifically because Disney is making this content. So it's a fascinating thing. We're actually creating their own competition. Very similar in technology when you have Cisco, they had some employees there who weren't, didn't feel appreciated. They went off and they founded Aruba Networks, which is one of the most successful networking companies on the planet. They were subsequently acquired by Hewlett Packard Enterprise. So it'll be interesting to see how much this helps fuel the competition. But let me know in the comments, are you canceling your Disney Plus subscription because of this price increase or the content being cut more and more? It'll be interesting to see where they go from here, but as a wise man once said, time shall tell. Now, going over to the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek Ramaswamy's GOP debate with the top five highlight reel. Oh, I still prefer his rap name from college, Davek. And the fact that he doesn't have merchandise with t-shirts and little mugs with that. I don't want to say he's not great at marketing, but come on, that'd be hilarious. I mean, sometimes you got to lean into the meme. I mean, how many, how many millions of dollars did Trump print money, basically, with that mugshot? They put that on t-shirts, on posters, on hats everywhere it's like eh, let me know do you think that'd be do you think that'd be a good idea Dovec t-shirts and hats but nevertheless this comes from the previous september gop debate a couple days ago and without and again i just try to make the show better and better and i really appreciate the comments and the feedback especially the critical feedback because that's how i get better i'm also looking for a new software technology to do picture in picture production i have an issue where i've tried Again, two or three different software suites where I try to have multiple devices recorded at once, where I'll have my camera as well as, you know, picture. But I don't know if it's because it's a newer 4K camera or they don't just have the drivers for it yet. But the, when I try to do that, it'll only show one or the other. So I'm looking for new software. So if you have suggestions, greatly appreciate it. And without further ado, I'll go ahead. So he has a little bit of one sentence before he dives into the video. So this is from Vivek. He says, quote, I have a radical idea for the Republican Party. We need to win elections, unquote. And actually, <laughs> it's one of those things where that actually is a radical idea. I can't help but think some of them just enjoy losing or they're just rhinos in disguise because they're so efficient at losing. There'll be a big lead and they'll just blow it. Like the 2020 midterms, or rather the 2022 midterms. It's one of those things where you see it and I'm like, how did you mess up so bad? Do you either want to fail or are you inept? What What is it? But nevertheless, going, going over to his video without further ado. 
I have a radical idea for the Republican Party. We need to win elections. How would you stop fentanyl brought into the country, mostly by U.S. citizens, through ports of entry? There's two sides to this, and we have to be very honest about it. One is we do have to seal that southern border. Building the wall is not enough. They're building cartel-financed tunnels underneath that wall. Semi-trucks can drive through them. We have to use our own military to seal the Swiss cheese of a southern border. But we also have to be honest. There's a demand-side problem in this country, too. A mental health epidemic. I met family in Iowa. They lost their son, Sebastian, 17 years old. He bought Percocet on Snapchat, and then he died. Why did he die? Because it was laced with fentanyl. That is closer to bioterrorism, not a drug overdose. That is poisoning. So it is our job to make sure that never happens. But it's also our job to make sure that 17-year-olds don't turn to Percocet via Snapchat. We have to bring back mental health care in this country, not with pumping pharmaceuticals, but with faith-based approaches that restore purpose and meaning in the next generation of Americans. Many of them are getting it through social media. And this isn't a Republican point or a Democrat point, but if you're 16 years old or under, you should not be using an addictive social media product, period. Eh, very true, great point. However, Democrats are not gonna give up social media. They are. I feel like historically who's utilizing social media and who really is getting votes out with it. Democrats are very successful of utilizing that mechanism. So I agree in terms of if you're a parent and you have a kid on social media, I don't know how mentally vacuous you can be. There's no upside to it. There's literally only downsides to having them on social media. I don't think there's any reason for anyone to be under 16 on social media, especially. But the only issue is of the debate is whose role is that? Is that the parent or the government? And I think that's where he might lose some support. Because, again, that's one of those things, I think that's a parent responsibility. It's very unfortunate so many parents are mentally vacuous. Well, more, more, I'd say mentally and morally vacuous, actually. But again, I think maybe you can use the argument that it's a Chinese-based spyware company that literally just makes people dumber. Quite literally, if you just look at TikTok in the U.S. versus the same app in China, the same company in China... They're teaching kids that it's cool to be a scientist. It's cool to be patriotic. It's cool to work hard. That's what it's teaching kids in the other country. In the United States, it's glorifying, for kids, it's glorifying mental diseases, keeping them addicted to it as much as possible. It's not making them stronger or better. It's the antithesis. It's making them dumber and lazier. But I moderately digress. This is something that we can both agree on and we can revive both the mental health of this country while stopping the fentanyl epidemic that will kill more people this year than who died on 9-11. And I refuse to be a passive bystander sitting in the White House like the hollowed out husk of a current president we have. We will step up and address this problem to stand for Americans and our children. Under what legal premise? Will you expel U.S. citizens? So the first thing I want to say is I agree with everything. The Republicans on the stage are on the right side of this issue. Militarize the southern border, stop funding sanctuary cities, and end foreign aid to Mexico and Central America to end the incentives to come across. But I do go a step further. You're right about that, Ilya. I favor ending birthright citizenship for the kids of illegal immigrants in this country. Now, the left will howl about the Constitution and the 14th Amendment. The difference between me and them is I've actually read the 14th Amendment. What it says is that all persons born or naturalized in the United States and 
subject to the laws and jurisdiction thereof, are citizens. So nobody believes that the kid of a Mexican diplomat in this country enjoys birthright citizenship. Not a judge or legal scholar in this country will disagree with me on that. Well, if the kid of a Mexican diplomat doesn't enjoy birthright citizenship, then neither does the kid of an illegal migrant who broke the law to come here. And as the father of two sons, it is hard for me to look them in the eye and say, you have to follow the law when our own government fails to follow its own laws. That's how we really go the distance and solve this problem and restore the rule of law in the United States of America, because that is part of what it even means to be an American. So the answer is, I have a radical idea for the Republican Party. We need to win elections. And part of how we win elections is reaching the next generation of young Americans where they are. So when I get into office, I've been very clear. Kids under the age of 16 should not be using addictive social media. We're only going to ever get to declaring independence from China, which I favor, if we actually win. So while the Democrats are running rampant, reaching the next generation three to one, there's exactly one person in the Republican Party which talks a big game about reaching young people, and that's me. And let me level with all of you. I'm the new guy here, and so I know I have to earn your trust. What do you see? You see a young man who's in a bit of a hurry, maybe a little ambitious, bit of a know-it-all, it seems, at times. I'm here to tell you, no, I don't know it all. I will listen. I will have the best people, the best and brightest in this country, whatever age they are, advising me. We will be probably many of the people on this stage included. That's how I built my companies. Why did he do that? So one of the things where he's trying to, the previous debate, he was very successful in terms of saying, I'm different because of A, B, and C. You know, I'm independently funded. Everyone on here is a career bureaucrat or a career politician. And now he's cozying up to him saying, oh yeah, we'll, we'll probably work together. So again, again, that's more traditional politics, which I feel like the people who are really fans of Vivek, they were liking him because he's not a traditional politician. So do you think this that specific instance, will that hurt his odds of becoming the nominee? Or will it help him because maybe more people in the middle will think he's playing nice with people? Again, I, I thought that was a little strange to see that up. I want to be challenged. I want people who disagree with me. That's what makes America great because we're not a perfect nation. We're founded on the pursuit of perfection. That is what makes America great. And that is why we will end it once we win this election. Mr. Ramaswamy, how would you bring down prices without immediate drilling? Well, look, I think that we do have to run through the courts and get through that administrative state to make sure we're using the natural resources here at home. But here's the other thing that we can do that's easy, forever, Mr. and it addresses the national debt as well as brings down prices. Put people back to work. We are using taxpayer money to pay people more to stay at home than to go to work. That is wrong. That contributes to our supply chain crisis. It contributes to inflation. That's the easiest way to unlock this economy. And here's the other thing. We have to put the Federal Reserve back in its place. This is an agency that has gone rogue. So in January 2026, when I have the opportunity as our next commander in chief, we will have a new chairman of the Federal Reserve who places priority on dollar stability. And then most importantly, send packing 75% of the administrative state, reduce the federal employee headcount by 75%. 
rescind 50% of unconstitutional federal regulations that are shackling businesses, both large and small. That is going to resonate with a lot of independent voters, I think, especially small business owners who can't but notice even the smallest of businesses are now being just whacked over the head with useless layers of bureaucratic laws that rules, stipulations, regulations. They just slow them down, hinder them, and in some cases put them out of business. So I think that line in particular is going to resonate with a lot of independent voters. I've offered a very clear, practical plan to do it. That's how we unleash the economy. That's how we revive the integrity of a three-branch constitutional republic Vice rather President, than this technocracy and aristocracy Vice in the administrative state. I have to be very clear about this. Transgenderism, especially in kids, is a mental health disorder. We have to acknowledge the truth of that for what it is. I met two young women early in this campaign. On parental rights in school. Parents have the right to know. And you know what the hypocrisy of this is? Even New Hampshire failed to actually get past a piece of legislation here. What's scary is that schools are literally transitioning kids without parental knowledge or consent. Like many political things, unfortunately, it's the same pattern we see. One, we're told it's not happening. You're crazy. It doesn't exist. Then we're saying, oh, it might be happening. They're saying, okay, it's happening, but it's a good thing. You should tolerate it. And then they say, oh, it's happening, and you better accept it. And then it's happening, and you better celebrate it. There's a school that was recently successfully sued for $100,000 because they castrated a young girl. She'll never be able to have her own young girls. The parents had no idea the school was doing this. And I don't think enough people realize this is really happening in several areas across the United States and globally as well. And again, in terms of parental rights, some schools have policies that forbid the teachers from even telling the parents. So, and teachers, they're perversely applauding keeping secrets from parents. They're not your kids, they're the parents' kids. It's astonishing that saying that is now controversial. But I think this stance is gonna get him I think this will help them more, much more than it will hurt them. Because like a lot of parents are starting to realize, one, teachers are going way off curriculum. So a lot of the teachers' unions don't even want to release a curriculum. A scary thing in and of itself. But two, so they're teaching things that have nothing to do with school academics. Perhaps why their math, science, all these test scores are all-time history low. But also because they're keeping sexual secrets away from parents. I think those, again... The very few candidates are bringing this topic up, partially because the United States has become a very controversial topic. People get very emotionally invested in it in terms of if they don't agree with you, they'll just yell at you for ad nauseum, regardless of the facts or logic. A theme I can't help but notice in a couple other instances as well. But nevertheless, back to uh, Vivek. Here. The very people who say that this increases the risk of suicide are also the ones saying that parents don't have the right to know about that increased risk of suicide. And I'm sorry, it is not compassionate to affirm a kid's confusion. That is not compassion, that is cruelty. I met two young women, Chloe and Katie, early in this campaign, who are in their 20s, now regret getting double mastectomies and a hysterectomy. One of them will never have children. And the fact that we allowed that to happen in this country is barbaric. So I will ban general mutilation or chemical okay, castration under the age of the second Republican primary debate live from the Ronald Reagan presidential 
So in terms of finding data and advertising and moves on political chessboard, I think Vivek did pretty darn good. Also in terms of finding this data, within hours, his campaign had this compilation put up on his Twitter and they added a couple little extra music clips to make it a little bit more emotional, add some nice graphics of his logo, you know, his name and logo flowing on the screen. That was pretty darn good. Now it looks like within one day it got 400,000, or actually well, uh, 417,500 views. And that's literally within the first, uh, what was that? 48 hours? And got 8,900 likes. Now, it looks like in terms of the top responses, you have someone by the name of William Nishmi saying, quote, if you welcome Jesus into your party, there may be hope of winning, sir. Jesus must come first, unquote. That person got 20 likes out of 2,875 views which does bring up a good point in the fact that some people might not be comfortable with Vivek. He's not what would be, like, be kind of the cliche Republican. He's actually Hindi, I believe. So, I mean, when you think of Republican candidates, it's not cliche per se, but many of them are, you know, Christian or Catholic. That's, let me double check his religion really quick. Yeah, all right, so just, just confirmed, this is from a interview with Vivek and NBC, and he did confirm his Hindu faith. So for some people, if they're very faith-based, depending on their opinions, they might not vote for him because of that fact. So it is interesting that he's bringing that up. And let me know in the comments, do you think his faith will have something to do with him gaining or losing votes? It'll be interesting to see. Now going back to the responses to his video on his good old Twitter sphere, you have Elon Musk actually responding with the exploding head emoji. That got 2,497 likes of 122,000 views. So that's quite a bit of attention. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Some by the name of Joseph Erickson said, too many Americans are already committed to not voting for Trump. Uh, you got 10 likes for that. Some by the name of Nick good name this person said quote great work tonight you shined bright and you're ahead of everyone else unquote got 28 likes out of 2400 views mr dom lucier breaker of the narratives this gentleman said quote hey brother i'm dropping this off to everyone that did a good job participating great job and it's a cartoon where you have all the republican candidates who are participating in the debate and then you have a shadow of trump's iconic hair over them because it is the 500-pound elephant in the room, so to say. Trump, with again, with most of the poll, pretty much every poll we've seen, he's ahead of these folks by quite a bit. The Delta's 20, 30 points ahead in the polls. Now, the big uncertainty is, will he be able to run? Are, is his name going to be taken off the ballot, either through legal reasons or not legal reasons? There's a lot of uncertainty there. So it'll be interesting to see, as that progresses, and a lot of people are joking that these debates are just, you know, so Trump could pick out his VP. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes from there. Let's see, someone by the name of, you'll do a couple more comments, someone by the name of Curious Newton. Now, this person said, quote, probably the smartest on stage tonight, unquote. Person got 61 likes out of 1,600 views. Looks like somebody, well, this is interesting. Someone by the name of Live to Write said, quote, Vivek kicked butt. 
Just that simple. He brought the plans and the execution of those plans, unquote, getting 22 likes of 869 views. And I'm trying to see, let's see, if there's any pejorative responses. I don't know if this is good or bad, but somebody by the name of Ken Thurux said, quote, we need to win elections. And again, I don't know if this is pejorative or a compliment, but it has a picture of Vivek in black and white like this, and his eyes are like lasers. And that did get 47 likes. There's a very, people, are, people appreciated it. It looks like you got someone calling him Superman USA. Go health. You're a great politician. Be a good fit. Oh, uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, someone says he's just getting better. I but, all right, here's one that's. I was trying to find something that would critique him. This person's a little bit of a critique. This person is the, goes by the name of V. So this person says, quote, I support you, but do not be nice to these people. They are not your friends. They are self-interest career politicians who want to take you down. Do not compliment them or diminish your credentials. Some of the, you saying I'm too young and scream when you speak. Uh, and scream when you speak over and scream when they speak over you like they are doing. People need to hear you talk. You are amazing and they are going to need everything to prevent you from speaking. You got this, but you need to go hard and not always be so nice. That person got 22 likes out of 707 views. So it's like overwhelming support. Uh, again, I'm scrolling down and I don't see many pejorative or negative responses. Uh, even from, there's usually a, there's usually someone who's very crit critical of Vivek, but I'm not seeing that usual person right now, interestingly enough. Because that person usually gets, you know, 20, 30, 40 likes sometimes. But interestingly enough, they do not seem to be present. Now, let me know in the comments. Do you think he was the winner of the debate if you were to choose a winner? Do you think this will help him long term? It is, in terms of marketing, he was one of the first candidates who really quickly just, bam, released a highlight reel. And it also shows what he thinks are the top things he wants to focus on or the things he believes are going to help him become president. Those are the top five things that he just covered in that video, which gives you a little bit of insight into his thinking of, you know, what does he think the most Americans care about? And again, I really wish, it, I think a winning topic would be to talk about also record high inflation. He talked a little bit about, you know, deregulating some businesses, which do help, of course. I mean, some businesses have to spend a whole lot of money, a whole department just for compliance. It's an industry in and of itself. And I think, more and more people need to focus on it. He did talk about energy, so that's good. Um, Lord knows no one wants to pay 4 or $5 for a gallon of gas. It's ridiculous. Remember when gas was $1.95? It, it wasn't like it was the 90s. It was also the 90s, but that was just a couple years ago. It was 2019 was the first time in 50 years the U.S. was energy independent. We actually exported more than we used. So I guess to show you, it can be done if you actually put the rules and rules and stipulations, or rather, you remove some of the bureaucratic BS so you could actually get things done. So it'll be interesting. Let me know, did this increase your perception of Vivek? Or does this video actually make you want to vote for someone else? It'll be interesting to see. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Other interesting political news, you have Ron DeSantis GOP debate highlights. Now, Ron DeSantis has been pretty 
consistent overall in the polls. He's gone down throughout the past, you know, he didn't really come out strong, so to say. He had his presidential announcement when he, everyone kind of knew what he was going to say. He went on Twitter and announced it with audio only, which, again, a majority of communication is through body language, through visual. So to have your presidential announcement on Twitter, where it's audio only, that's not a prudent idea to say the least. And also it would have been a good idea for Elon to actually showcase new technology in terms of Twitter's capabilities. They should just, again, I don't know how much man hours or engineering hours it would take to make this happen, but that should have been a premier live stream where they would be, it's the first live stream where we're showing people. Where right now the Twitter live streams or X live streams, whatever you want to call them, they're all audio only. So a lost business opportunity, a lost political opportunity with his announcement, I would say. Now, in terms of his marketing, and again, I've looked, uh, let's see here. I'll check one more spot. In terms of marketing, he didn't, and again, I think this is a big lost opportunity. And it's been over, it's been about 48 hours. So, I mean, may, maybe they'll come out with it tomorrow or maybe it'll, maybe it'll be out here in a little bit. But again, how does he not have a nice compilation video? Because I was trying to find one and first of all, you shouldn't have to try to find one. It should be right directly in front of you presenting itself. I mean, again, so this is a little, in terms of the coverage, they did a couple like 50 second or one minute highlights, but they didn't do a highlight reel where like Vivek, I think it was very prudent from a political um, idea. He just had, hey, here's my top five highlights, which shows you what he's thinking about, what these values, what he thinks the American public is going to value. So the Ron kind of do little bit of digging. I basically had to sift through his Twitter and try to find these are about one minute a piece, but these are the things that he thinks are important. And these are the things that he's highlighting. So I think they're worth sharing today. Now in this clip, he's had a little text before it. it says, quote, I will be the first president elected since 1988 who actually served overseas in a war. That's going to help me as commander in chief, because I understand that there are real lives at stake for people who wear the uniform. Without further ado, I will play a little clip. Being asked last segment about 9-11, because I was just at the 9-11 memorial with the families my wife and I were invited. It's very touching to be there, and it affected my life because I ended up joining the military as a result of that. Um, I had been a blue-collar kid, minimum wage in Dunning, Florida. I ended up getting through Yale and Harvard Law School and somehow came out more conservative than when I went in, and that is not easy to do. Had a lot of opportunities to, to make money, but I wanted to serve, and I'll never forget coming back on the plane from Iraq, uh, landing in Coronado, California, North Island, and feeling that breeze off the Pacific Ocean and say, you know what, I am lucky to have been born an American, and I think being able to serve, and I'll be the first president elected since 1988 who's actually served uh, overseas in a war, I think that's going to help me as commander-in-chief to know how you see these issues and understand that there are real lives at stake for people that wear the uniform. And we know that... I also just want to come back to something... I don't know why Twitter always does it where it just restarts the video automatically. Again, they're multi, well, I was going to say they're valued at multi-trillions of dollars, or, but yeah, come on, fix the simple stuff. But nevertheless, when it comes to responses in terms of, he posted this on Twitter, you got 250,000 views in about a day, so that's pretty good for Ron, and he did sound a little bit more energetic in that clip. Now, in terms of responses on the Twitter sphere, or X, whatever you want to call it these days, Mr. Red Wave Press says, quote, Ron DeSantis can relate to our troops more than any other candidate can. He served in the military and knows what troops are going through. 
DeSantis will get the military back on track. He will get rid of the woke ideology plaguing the military today, unquote. Now, that person got 19 likes out of 1,382 views, which I believe is a contributing factor of why you look at the military. They're missing the recruitment goals, not just one fiscal quarter, but consistently. And I think it's, it's even more pathetic when you think about the fact that they're lowering the bar again and again and again. So it used to be a premium thing. They're just lowering the bar from physical and mental standards. And you look at the recruiting videos, they're... They show people transitioning. They show, they emphasize how special you are as an individual. Which is the, I'm trying to think, the most mentally vacuous thing I've heard all week. And when you talk to, when I talk to any of my friends who served in the military, they tell me, you are no longer an individual. You're part of a group. You don't emphasize someone's race or their religion or their, their, their transition. They're not, it doesn't matter. You're one group together. You're all equal. You're all the same. You're part of a unit. But the commercial military now, they went from saying, be all you can be, to now saying, you're all special individual just the way you are. And by the way, we'll fund whatever you want. And we'll even have transition drugs on airships. Which again, if you want to join the military, you, you're not supposed to be on any prescription drugs. That you're not allowed to. Like this, which is another issue in the United States. You have so many people on antidepressants, they can't technically join the military, I believe. Because I've been told that, again, you can't be on... Because if you're, it makes sense, if you're in the middle of a battlefield, you don't want to be dependent on a substance like that. Where maybe if you go a day without it, you, your functionability, your efficiencies drop. So let me know in the comments, do you think that's a good point from Mr. Red Wave Press? Now, scrolling through the other ones, you have Mr. Pesh Latin. This person says, you were an attorney, unquote. And they really put periods between each one of those words. And they got 109 likes. And then someone did respond to him, though this person didn't get a single like. This person named Tyler said, quote, he still served on tour in Iraq, unquote. Now, in terms of other responses, let's see. Jenning Kernan said, quote, DeSantis is the most qualified commander in chief. A willingness to serve is key, but he has also shown unflappable leadership in Florida, unquote. This person got 53 likes out of 2,000 views. Someone says, Mr. Ian Miles Chong says, quote, something Haley, Pence, and Scott still can't understand, unquote, getting 30 likes. Mr. Corn, oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Someone actually got the URL or the Twitter name. Their official handle is Corn Pop Official, which is in reference to one of Biden's stories from when he was a kid. Corn Pop, Corn Pop is bad, man. As he might say. Now, Mr. Corn Pop said, quote, Or we could just reelect the guy who got us out and kept us out of multiple wars. Not going into war in the first place seems like a pretty good way to protect the troops, unquote. That person got 120 likes. Which is a fascinating thing in terms of my, me being old enough to vote. And even as a kid, I've paid a little attention to politics. Trump was the only president I could think of that actually didn't increase the wars. Which perhaps may... Many people actually suspect that's one of the reasons why he was subsequently, the whole state turns against him. And the odds of him getting reelected were much lower. But it'll be interesting to see. So looks like eh, a couple, someone's so lazy they didn't even type out a word. They just have an emoji of rolling their eyes. Someone's saying, no, you won't. 
Some saying, when do you plan on winning? Uh, someone by the name of Rebecca Jones said, quote, fact check, Ron DeSantis did not fight in combat. He's been repeatedly called out for stolen value, unquote. That person got 81 likes, and the terms of responses to that, someone named Sim Lee said, quote, he was in the JAG Corp. He acted like he is in combat. He is a grifter, unquote. Which best a, eh, begs a question. Did Ron, what's the internet tell us? Did Ron DeSantis serve in combat? His part. Let's see. Wall Street Journal says DeSantis also served in Iraq in, and the Arabian Peninsula. He was part of this surge of 30,000 troops sent down to tamp down insurgencies that transformed cities such as Fallujah into violent war zones. Uh, let's see. Seeing a couple, let me know in the comments. I'm seeing a couple contradictory sources. I mean, everyone's, I mean, they're all saying he was in the military. I think the, they're trying to find one that said, he was a US Global Leadership Collection, says he was a combat deployed Navy JAG officer. Uh, but I know a lot of people, that's another point of contention in terms of some people do a huge delineation between you're in the military, but you're in a, a supportive role or logistics or a different part and then active uh, in a combat role. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if people bring this point up more. Uh, we also have a couple more saying someone just says Trump, Trump 2024. A lot of people talking about, uh, let's see here. Okay, someone by the name of Mackenzie has a picture of Ron with, he's in full tactical gear in front of a Humvee. And this person says, quote, you are a JAG advisor. Look at the picture and you wanted to run in the latest ad and Fox made you change it. One, have you ever seen a vehicle without marks or sand in Iraq? Two, right mirror isn't angled, so not driven. Okay, that's weird. The mirror is, yeah, the right the right mirror is actually the opposite way. So instead of the mirrors facing the driver, the, you know, one of them is actually the opposite way. Oddly enough. Um, this person says, three, Kevlar and boots look new. Four, no cover on helmet. Five, barrel of the rifle is taped. Six, wearing mechanics gloves. Uh, then the people responding to that picture said cosplay soldier no one said this is sad that you did this Ron I'm trying to zoom into the picture to see if maybe it's a training rifle interesting if you're a military vet let me know in the comments if you see this picture if you can delineate or do a little bit more of a further analysis on it it is kind of peculiar but again, then again, my sample size, my knowledge is not that vast in terms of some of those technical proficiencies. But I would say about eh, 65, 70% of the comments for that particular video were supportive of Ron. Now, you have another one of Mr. DeSantis' highlights when he put on the good old Twitter and his, this one. Popping eh, up. Jeez uh, Louise, Twitter or X. Do you call it X or do you just call it Twitter still? be fascinating to see what people actually do like in real life as opposed to internet and what Elon wants. But nevertheless, Ron actually tweeted this. He said, quote, let's talk about the future of the country, unquote. And then he played this video. Out. So 
which one of you on stage tonight should be voted off the island? <laughs> Please use your marker to write your choice on the notepad in front of you. 15 seconds, starting now. Of the people on the stage, who should be I'm absolutely serious. That, with all due respect, wow. I mean, we're here, like, well, you know, we're happy to debate, but I think that that's disrespectful to my fellow competitors. Nobody wants yeah. to, so. nobody wants to participate. Let's do some questions. Not, not the best look for Chris Christie. He he did use body language to communicate no, but when he went like that, his chins kind of went back and forth. But nevertheless, interesting that that's something that Ron wanted to highlight. And it is kind of, it also showed you the lack of professionalism, I think, from the actual debate. There's a lot of critique when it comes to the people asking questions. Mr. Stuart Varney, Dana Perino, and Ela Calderon. Uh, a lot of people are saying they let the conversations get away with them. It's, but yeah, this is apparently Ron Sanchez really wants you to see the fact that he didn't want to do that, which I guess maybe shows class. Um, because again, by the polls, he's usually in second or third when you have Trump on top, and it's usually DeSantis or Vivek. And in some polls, they actually have Nikki Haley. So it's one of those things where. They just didn't want to make the guy from North Dakota feel bad. Which, to his credit, we only know... That's the first time we brought up North Dakota on this podcast, actually. And I believe many shows, probably the first time in months or years. But, nevertheless, going to the comments. Again, it's got about right shy of 300k views. Got 295,500. Some by the name of Fad, F-A-D-D-E. This person said, quote, Trump won big time, unquote. Person got 20 likes out of 2,200 views. Uh, let's see here. What is that? Uh, no, no. Good old advertisements. Let's see. Someone from the name of Joseph Pino said, quote, I'm guessing that tomorrow's meltdown from Team DeSantis is going to be epic. LOL. Unquote. Person got 25 likes out of 1,390 views. One more. We'll do one or two more popular ones. Mr. Babu Patel said, quote, Your delivery was great, great, and that's what kind of leader you are. We need strong leaders who can deliver more and talk less, unquote. Although, he didn't say the word twice. I just stuttered. Again, appreciate the critique. I'm trying to slowly get better at that. Slowly, but surely, I will speak slower, articulate more, and perhaps even stutter less. Tune in more to see. Also, we don't know. It's never been tried by the doctors, but... Perhaps clicking that subscribe button could fix my stutter. I don't think that's ever been tried in a clinical trial. So perhaps today, that could fix the stutter. Will it? Time shall tell. I, I surely appreciate that click, though. It very well might. Now, other top responses would be... Let's see... Uh, Mr. Bob Varsadelli said, quote, the future is you not winning the presidency, unquote, getting three likes. Some said, Hirsch said, quote, totally agree with DeSantis here, unquote, getting 53 likes. So it looks like probably, I would say this is one of his most positive responses ratios in terms of the people responding to his post. They're overwhelmingly supportive of DeSantis here. I did find one, I found a negative, Mr. This person does get, they get an A- for a good Twitter name. It is 
tongue-in-cheek and a pun all in one. I appreciate it, to say the least. This person's name is Nunya Beeswax. Which, the only disappointing thing is that there's not a B, but it is a picture of Trump. Nevertheless, this person said, quote, What's wrong with DeSantis' mouth? He grinds his teeth. Seems like a method issue, unquote. That person got five likes. Which, granted, I don't know if that's a nervous thing or like a tick or... No, no, maybe just nervous in front of the camera. That is unusual, I think, though. Let's see. Let's do one more comment. So, a lot of people making fun of Fox News. Where's the DeSantis one? Oh, here's one. David Allen Campbell, he said, quote, I liked Ron's answer about Dana suggesting they vote someone off the island as being disrespectful. I agree, and it was beneath Dana. But I also liked Chris Christie's about voting Trump off because of his arrogant disrespect and sheer hubris. And first got seven likes. So overall, again, it was a little interesting. It was interesting that Ron chose that as a highlight to put on social media. But again, let me know in the comments. Do you think that increased your perception of Ron? Or because I think his brand is already. I think people, if anything, they kind of understand he's not bombastic as other candidates. I don't know, maybe. But nevertheless, we'll go to his three of four major highlights I saw on social media. This, he has a little text before the video. He says, quote, Donald Trump is missing in action tonight. He should be here explaining his comments about, or saying that pro-life protections are somehow a, quote, terrible thing. We're better off when everyone counts and we should stand for what we believe in. And then we have a fun little video getting 171,000 views. I want to ask you about something that I think is on a lot of Republicans' minds. This election could come down to less than 50,000 votes in three states. Abortion was on the ballot in six states in 2022. Republicans lost all of them. Next year, abortion will likely be on the ballot in Arizona. That is a must-win state. Governor DeSantis, how are you going to win over independent pro-choice voters in Arizona? Same way we did in Florida. We won the big greatest Republican victory in a governor's race in the history of the state, over 1.5 million votes. We were winning places like Miami-Dade County, Palm Beach, that nobody thought was possible uh, because we were leading with purpose and conviction. I reject this idea that pro-lifers are to blame for midterm defeats. I think there's other reasons for that. Uh, the former president, um, you know, he's missing in action tonight. He's had a lot to say about that. He should be here explaining his comments to try to say that pro-life protections are somehow a terrible thing. I want him to look into the eyes and tell people who've been fighting this fight for a long time. I was at, my wife and I uh, earlier today were at the gravesite of President Mrs. Reagan, and I noticed that um, there was a quote where it says, every single person has purpose and worth. We're better off when everybody counts. And I think we should stand for what we believe in. I think we should hold the Democrats accountable for their extremism, supporting abortion all the way up until the moment of birth. That is infanticide and that is wrong. Now, interestingly enough, he's, I think more, more Republicans are starting to bring this up for as long as I've been following politics, it's kind of been the cliche to blame that topic for why they keep losing. I think part of the reason is because also they run such inept moronic candidates throughout the years. I mean, you look at Pennsylvania when they were running Dr. Oz. 
as a candidate, where Dr. Oz didn't even live, he didn't even live there, and you look at his whole show and what he's believed in, it's mostly been leftist ideals. So Republicans are great at picking terrible candidates to run, I believe. I think that's a big issue. Another issue is that they don't, so many times, oftentimes they don't stand for anything. In terms of, if you just take a, take a stand on a topic, I'll understand it. I'll, if you tell me your stance, I'd be interested in how you got to that conclusion. But they just keep moving the bar. I mean, one of the things being gun rights. They're supposed to be pro-Second Amendment. The NFA still exists. That's been around since 1934, I believe. The National Firearms Act. They're supposed to be pushing back. But they just acquiesce so much. So I think part of the reason they keep losing is they acquiesce and just keep moving and giving up giving them an inch and thereby giving them a mile to the competition. Now, when it comes to this topic, I think in the United States there's a lot more common ground than people care to admit around the topic of abortion. I think a lot of people, in terms of logic and you know where they feel comfortable, again, I think most people would say nine months, where's the argument? Again, there's always the nuance on it could be life-threatening to the mother. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm saying in terms of, what if there's a caveat where you did allow that? A lot of people use that as a red herring argument. So I think, and again, I think a lot of these presidents, are, a lot of these candidates are going for the, the yes or no. They're going, trying to make it an ultimatum where I think, I think there's a good argument to say on a federal, uh, it's already been that decision for that topic. It's already been relegated back to the states, which is what Republicans said it is. It's a state's issue. It's not the constitution. Therefore, it's a state's issue. It's a state's topic. So why they're even talking about it it's going to make, I think it's going to make it look, look even more hypocritical. Let me know in the comments. Do you think, again, they got, it's back to the states. It's a states' rights issue. But now they're talking about abortion again. Does that, is that, let me know. Do you think that's an appropriate topic for federal law now that, again, many of them are arguing as a states' rights issue? So let me know in the comments about that. Now looking to the comments of the feedback from his post, you have somebody named Christine Hawkins tagging at Don, real Donald Trump saying, quote, will you stand for life? She got 13 likes. Someone named Dan Blasey saying, quote, Trump won the debate and he got 42 likes. Let's see. Matt NFT said, quote, Trump would have been entertaining, unquote. Got nine likes. WP, their handle is actually Will, Ta will Panic. Pretty good. Again, that stutter. It, again, it might cure tomorrow if you click that subscribe button. It's, I haven't seen any clinical trials from the Mayo Clinic in, in regard to that, but it can't hurt to try. Nevertheless, this person named Will Panic said, quote, he is a coward, unquote. First, got 11 likes. Now, again, I don't know if he's talking about Trump or DeSantis here because they didn't delineate it. DeSantis posted it, but it, he also talked about Trump. Again, there's, there's uh, not much clarification in that post. Some more popular responses from Shane Williams said, quote, Ron, you don't win by attacking Donald. You need his voting base to win. When he's polling so far ahead of the rest of you, you know why he's not on the stage. Instead of going after Trump, take a position like Vivek Ramaswamy and focus on moving forward, unquote. Person got 73 likes out of 1,630 views. That being one of the most popular responses to Ron DeSantis' tweet or X post, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's a good point. There are a lot of people where 
there's a lot of Trump fans. There's a very, there's a large group of people in the Republican Party, I think it was also in the Independent Party, where they are diehard Trumpers. They want to vote for him. And if, because of legal circumstances, Trump is barred from running, then they will vote for one of these people, or in some cases, they'll abdicate from voting altogether. Now, in those cases, if one of these candidates is making a whole career out of talking pejoratively about Trump, a lot of people, again, politics has become a thing where people identify with the politicians. It's a whole part of their personality, which I think is silly in and of itself. But nevertheless, it's become a phenomenon in the United States, especially. They're going to feel like they're being personally attacked. Again, I don't, it's not, I don't believe that's logical, but again, facts don't care about your feelings. A wise man once said. So I think this person does have a point. By going after Trump so hard, you are alienated some of those people. And by doing so, they might not vote for you. Vivek seems to be the major candidate who's being very friendly with Trump in terms of his critique of Trump's policies and his interactions. He's getting a lot of the people who would vote for Trump, but if Trump is barred from the competition of becoming president, they'll probably go for Vivek. Because Vivek is not bad-talking Trump when a majority of these candidates are. Again, don't get me wrong, it's a, it's a strategy on the political chessboard. Again, I just don't know how many numbers are there to make it a positive strategy. Nevertheless, we'll go back to the comments for a couple more. Mr. S or Truth says, quote, he still won the debate, unquote, getting 24 likes. Someone by the name of Tracy Ann said, quote, Trump won, getting, she got, unquote, she got 24 likes as well. Let's see here. Oh, someone named Sweet Dream said, quote, he's not missing. I saw him speak in Michigan tonight. Was there something else going on tonight that we should know about? Unquote. A little tongue-in-cheek. I like that. Trump was speaking at the same time as debate. And it looks like she got 46 likes out of 585 views. So, interesting enough, I, we talked about the previous post in regard to DeSantis talking about his career being a veteran. Overwhelming majority of the comments were in support of him. This one, it seems to be more of the standard or average interaction from a social media perspective, at least on the Twitter X platform. This one, it's much, much more critiquing of DeSantis. I'd say, I'd say 40% are in support. Again, 40% of the comments being positive about DeSantis. Another popular one is just a, Tracy Ann saying again, quote, real Donald Trump is trying to save the auto industry while speaking in Michigan. The oil and gas industry endorsed Trump takes several takes several seats again that stutter we've never tried but click that subscribe button maybe it will help a crazy idea but i've heard crazier and that's just she actually had a picture of trump's and the text is drill baby drill american oil from american soil that got 90 likes so interestingly enough i'd say that's kind of more the status quo interaction now the last highlight from mr ron DeSantis. let's go and pull this up right here and again, let me know, do you call it Twitter or is it X now? What do you, what do you call it in real life? But nevertheless, Ron Sanchez says, quote, I'm the only one who's gotten in from big fights and has delivered big victories. I've done it while there's talk. And this got 286,000 views in 48 hours. Here's the thing that I Ron, just find interesting. Ron, Ron, let me finish All the these guys have said Here's the fact. And I appreciate a lot of the things they're saying. Nikki I'm Haley. the only one up here who's gotten in the big fights and has delivered big victories for the people of Florida. And that's what it's all about. 
you can always talk, but when, when it gets hot in there, when they're shooting arrows at you, are you going to be stand up for parents' rights, keep the state free? Are you going to be able to do all those things? And in the state of Florida, because of our success, the Democratic Party lies in ruins. We have won the big fights. We have turned our state into a Republican state. People respond to leadership. I've done it while others have talked How about, about it. Which, again, from a marketing political perspective, you know, looking at pieces on the political chessboard, as I like to say, he needs to keep moving those pieces that emphasize his success as governor. Now, there's a little bit of a nuance to that. He also had a big advantage of many people moved to Florida because they're fleeing draconian dictatorial states. People are fleeing California and New York at nauseum because they are tired of getting their tax, their paychecks taxed to death. Tired of being locked down, being regulated so much you can hardly take a step. Now, those people, more often than not, would be Republicans moving away from those areas. And Florida is one of the biggest hotspots where they moved to. So uh, you could argue, of course, that he helps the policies and he put the things in place that would attract them as well. I think part of it is also the no income tax in Florida. That's also a big attraction as well. Now, let me see. Let's, what, what do the comments say when it comes to this post from Ron? So you got about... And again, 286,000 views. Let's see. Someone by the name of Sean Phillips. But it's spelled S-H-O-N. And that's just ridiculous. It's crazy it's being called topping. Oh, wait. But nevertheless, Mr. Sean says, quote, I made a donation to at Ron DeSantis tonight, and I never made, gave a single dime to any politician, unquote. This person got 243 likes. And 3,196 views, which is perhaps one of the most positive responses I've seen in the, when it comes to DeSantis' social media interaction and looking at the comments from his post. Uh, someone did respond specifically to that comment. Someone named Kate said, quote, Waste of money. His big donors will continue to drop him, especially after tonight, unquote. Though Kate did only get nine likes in comparison to the original 243 for Mr. Sean with an S-H-O-N. Other popular responses include Mary Taylor said, quote, we need some of this in Texas, unquote. And she got 71 likes out of 3,514 views. Now, someone said Miguel Fornia. Apparently, he perhaps bought the state of California, which wouldn't be too hard considering they're usually in debt. So what's the real value of it? I'm only partially kidding. Now, this person says... Ron DeSantis is really creepy. And I don't know if there's audio, but it looks like just a video of Ron shaking his head back and forth. Okay, just pejorative cliche music, and it's Ron just shaking his head. Which, again, he doesn't look... He's just smiling and waving it back and forth. I mean, with... He just looks like a politician in the picture, so... But nevertheless, it looks like 116 people liked that, so it resonated with some folks. So named Chris Loach said, quote, this is a very great moment for you, unquote, getting 52 likes. So this one, someone from the JL podcast said, LOL, you lost the debate. They got 33 likes. Let's see here. A lot of gifts, a lot of memes. Someone named Donna Marie just photoshopped poorly. Like, High heels, so DeSantis looks, it looks like high heels. DeSantis is wearing high heels according to her meme. But she did get 13 likes. 
think those. Christian Rogers said, quote, in the state of Florida, the Democratic Party lies in ruins, unquote. And this person has an exhaust emoji, like someone's exhausted or tired, and a fire emoji. Getting 20 likes. Let's see here. Uh, Mr. Tech Nicks. And I will, for the sake of entertainment, make the sacrifice and attempt the clearly... This person definitely wanted the enunciation of Trump. So, I will try. Quote, Desectimonious is flying fast like an injured bird in the sky. Unquote. Was it the worst you heard or the best? Let me know in the comments. Time shall tell. Now, this person did get 15 likes out of 303 views. So, again, I... Let's see. Someone named Frosted Sleet said, quote, Well, Trump won and he wasn't even there. Unquote. And he said... The person got 26 likes. So, eh, I'd say kind of, again, the cle not the cliche, but eh, it's kind of the more standard interaction when it comes to DeSantis' social media. It looks like a little bit over half are negative or pejorative or critiquing him. And again, time shall tell to see what's the correlation between social media and getting votes. It'll be interesting to see. Let me know in the comments, do you think, what are your thoughts on his overall little highlight compilations? If, I, I think he certainly should have done it in one video like many other candidates did. Makes it a little bit more convenient. Maybe some people are debating saying, well, these are nice, you know, one to two minute chunks, videos easy to digest. Well, why not? Oh, I would argue, why not just do both? Make it get the best of both worlds, perhaps? But that's just my three cents. It used to be two cents, but 40-year hyperinflation, got charge three cents. Although, it is still free to click that subscribe button. Other interesting political news, you have Nikki Haley, GOP debate highlights. Now, thankfully, Nikki Haley, unlike Ron DeSantis, actually took time to put a compilation together, which makes this a lot easier because you're not sifting through and clicking 20 or 30 different links. And granted, I looked at, I'm saying this pejoratively or critiquing specifically with Ron DeSantis, I checked his as well as his, the DeSantis worm, social media, and maybe, I'll, maybe I'm human, maybe I lost it, maybe I didn't see it in the feed, but he didn't do a highlight video compilation. And it's been well after the debate in timeline. Whereas this comes specifically from Team Haley or at Team Haley with the Twitter handle. So her team put this together and it, this looks, it's not too long. It's about seven minutes, 51 seconds. And unfortunately you won't be able to view it. If you have suggestions for additional software, I'm trying to find good software for in production, picture in picture. I tried a couple but the camera keeps crashing. I don't know if it's because the drivers aren't they don't have the drivers yet because it's a new for it's a this a razor the razor hyken or Ky, razor kaizen 4k usb camera let me know in the comments the feedback is greatly appreciated so eventually as we get the show bigger and better we'll be able to increase the resource allocations out have that picture in picture and i'm trying to get there and i appreciate your help as we go there without further ado we will play the video and apologies we'll actually read the text before the video so the text from Team Haley, they say, quote, Nikki Haley is the only candidate to offer real solutions to meet every issue American family facing American families, unquote. Inflation and jobs, crime, illegal immigration, fentanyl crisis, China, healthcare, and education. Which again, unquote, in terms of marketing and, you know, politics, I think every candidate should do this. Vivek's been pretty good in terms of he has his, I believe, seven to ten initiatives that he drives forward. When he's always talking about, you know, what does he stand for? What does he believe in? 
this is pretty good because again, it's they look quite literally has a green check mark next to all these things. And at an eye's glance, at a moment, you know, just a second looking at it, you know the things that she's focusing on for her campaign. Again, I wish every politician, I think every politician should do this. I wish they did. I think we need to look at exactly what happened. Biden showed up on that picket line. But why are those workers actually there? It's because of all of the spending that he has pushed through in the economy that's raised the inflation. So when you look at the fact that we are paying higher gas prices, higher grocery prices, seven... And that is a contributing factor, don't get me wrong, but one of the most hilariously ironic things about United Auto Workers, they voted and they paid with campaign funds to get politicians elected who Biden, they're banning gas cars. It's a de facto ban where they raise the tailpipe emission standards to an audaciously high amount. So the only way a company can conceivably have a fleet average that's acceptable now is to have EVs. So the government's pushing them in that direction where for the short term, they're making a lot less profit. They're actually losing money when it comes to the big three, the big three being GM, Chrysler, Stellantis, as well as Ford, which are companies that the UAW represents. So ironically, they voted for perhaps their own demise. More than the, the, literally the government is pushing them into this corner where the car's less profitable. You're going to need a lot less help to make these vehicles as well because it's basically a computer on wheels. You'll be you'll need less low-skilled labor, which again will mean less jobs for the AW. Not that all their roles are specifically low skill, is that EV vehicles will have much more robotics, much more automation. So again, I think she should address that as well. But what she's saying is true, but I think that additional context does help. $10,000 more a year for families. What we need to do is I came out with an economic plan, eliminate the gas and diesel tax so that they have more money in their pocket. Let's focus on, on going after middle America and cutting taxes for middle America and collapsing those brackets. Let's get rid of unfair distortions like the state and local tax that they give to wealthy people in, in blue states and not in paid by red states. And let's make sure we make the small business taxes permanent. They only made those temporary. They they made the corporate taxes permanent. Let's focus on what it takes to get more cash in the pockets of workers. That's when we'll be able to deal with strikes like this, not sitting on a picket line like Joe Biden is. Thank you. It means special operations. It's how we deal with our terrorists. And what you need to do is understand that Mexico's not being a good partner if we lost 75,000 Americans last year. Mexico's not being a good partner if they're letting the cartels get away with what they're getting away with. What we will do is we will make sure that we send in our special operations and we will take out the cartels, we'll take out their operations, we'll take out anything that's doing it, but we're gonna go after China. That, that is an aggressive idea, I think, depending on how you're defining the rules of war, them sending so many drugs and people here could be interpreted as an act of war. But what she's talking about would be an act of war in terms of if you're sending military units into the other country. I'm not saying it's not a good idea in terms of politics, in terms of it really fixing issues head on. But depending on how you're defining that, it would need an act of Congress. And the act, U.S. government has actually declared war in decades, which is another topic for another time but interesting approach. 
Because China is the one sending the fentanyl in the first place. And we will end all normal trade relations until China stops sending fentanyl. And then we'll do the special operations and we'll get it from both sides. This is where President Trump went wrong. He focused on trade with China. He didn't focus on the fact that they were buying up our farmland. He didn't focus on the fact that they were killing Americans. He didn't focus on the fact that they were stealing $600 billion in intellectual property. He didn't focus on the fact that they put a spy base off our shores in Cuba. They didn't focus enough on the fact that all of our law enforcement drones in America are Chinese and we've got all these little surveillance cells. We need to start focusing on what keeps Americans safe. That hasn't happened in a long time. As your president, I will make sure every American is safe and we'll do whatever it takes to make that happen. First of all, is we have to acknowledge the fact that 67% of our eighth graders are not proficient in reading or math. Over 80% of our eighth graders aren't proficient in history or civics. And recently they came out and said our 12 and 13 year olds are scoring at the lowest levels they've been scoring in reading and math in decades. So the first thing we've got- But don't forget, don't forget, the teachers unions want even more money. And they don't want to share the curriculum with you. Heaven forbid the parents know what they're teaching. What we've got to do is we've got to make sure we catch our kids back up. We have to make sure they can read. A child that can't read by third grade is four times less likely to graduate high school. We need to do reading remediation. We need complete transparency in the classroom. No parent should ever wonder what's being said or taught to their child in the classroom. We need to make sure that we have school choice so that there's competition. We need to move all the programs from the federal government down to the states and let states decide what education looks like in their states. Right. And we need to start building things in America. Again, let's put vocational classes back in our high schools and let's get our kids building the things that we know that we can make. When we start to focus on that and really bring in that parental involvement, that's when we'll start to see a difference. But we've got to get parents back included. We've got to quit spending time on this DEI and CRT and instead focus on financial literacy, on digital literacy, and on making sure that our kids know what they need to do to have the jobs of the next generation. Another great note about the financial literacy in schools being not all utterly useless and mentally vacuous, but how do schools not teach kids to calculate an ROI from a college degree or how to balance a checkbook or I guess more realistically, more realistically these days, a credit card statement or show them, hey, if you pay the minimum on your credit card, it would take you forever to pay it off, literally. Can't but see this public schools fail in many ways, especially when it comes to finances they, they just don't seem to be teaching those things. So I think, again, these are good notes. I think parents will appreciate those particular notes. First of all, how can we be the best country in the world and have the most expensive health care in the world? We have an issue. My mom was in the hospital, and when she was in the hospital, they tried to bring her a couple of Tylenol, and she said, I don't need it. And they said, honey, go ahead and take it because you're paying for it anyway. Why is it that when we got the bill, the insurance company in the hospital negotiated the bill for her without her having anything to do with it? When I am president, we will break all of it, from the insurance company to the hospitals to the doctor's offices to the PBMs to the pharmaceutical companies. We will make it all transparent because when you do that, you will realize that's what the problem is. Second thing is you've got to deal with tort law. The lawyer, the doctors don't give you the 10 tests because they want to. It's because of the 90% chance they'll get sued. And then we need to bring competition back to healthcare, get rid of certificate of need systems and make sure that they can compete. We have to put the patient in the driver's seat. They've been in the back seat for way too long. And once we give the patient 
the ability to decide their health care, deciding which plan they want, that is when we will see magic happen. But we're going to have to make every part of the industry open up and show us where their warts are, because they all have them, and we need to fix this on behalf of the Governor American Bergman. people. This is infuriating, because TikTok <laughs> is one of the most dangerous social media apps yes, that we could have. Yes. However, the irony is her daughter gets really 40 billion views on TikTok. That's one of the biggest critiques that people have had from this particular segment of the GOP debate. Yeah, your family is really big on the TikTok. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. Because I can't believe they hear you've got a TikTok situation. What they're doing is these 150 million people are on TikTok. Including your daughter. In fact, let's look that up right now. How many billions of views does Nikki Haley's daughter have on TikTok? It's Nikki Haley daughter TikTok. Let's see. One day ago. Jeez. How, how popular is it? No way. 38.9 Jesus. So Nikki Haley daughter it can't be right. 40.4 billion? I can't just that has to be every post about her. That's gotta be that's gotta be let's see. Nikki, what's her name? Let's see. TikTok name. What is her name? Nikki Haley. Mm. What is her name? Rena. R E N A. All right, Rena Haley. R E N A. Oh, come on. Is it Arena Haley TikTok views? Uh, okay, this looks like it's her account. Uh, Five hundred thousand million, three point five million. Uh, lots of views. More than, the, more than this show, for now. Share with your friends. Maybe we can beat those numbers. Nevertheless, it is hilariously hypocritical. She's so, she, Nikki Haley is critiquing TikTok, and yet her own daughter is on it. That means they can get your contacts, they can get your financial information. So now they now have her information, because presumably the mother is on the daughter's phone. They can get your emails, they can Let get just text say, messages, they can get all of these things. This is very important for our party. This is very important for our party, and I'm going to say You've gone and you've helped China stop. build make medicines will, in China, not America. Me, you are me. now wanting kids to go and get on the social media that's dangerous for all of us. You went and you were in business with the... Including her kid. 
The Chinese that gave Hunter Biden $5 million, we can't trust you. We so can't me, trust you. We can't have TikTok and I think Again, this is her highlight reel. She's proudly putting this out as an advertisement. Do you think that interaction makes her look good or bad? Yeah, 15 seconds. I think it's... Well, and I actually did it in South Carolina, too. You know... May, they, they cut his response. All right. What we knew in South Carolina was you take care of those who take care of you. We have to start taking care of law enforcement, but it's not just taking care of them with words. It's making sure that you also follow through on what they do. Right now, we have a lot of stolen guns on the street. Well, these law enforcement officers, they arrest these people, and then they go and they're let out the very next day. So law enforcement feels like they don't, no one has their back. We have to start prosecuting according to the law. We have to make sure we have the backs of law enforcement, and we have to make sure that we're a country of law and order. Well, what happens is when Joe Biden waved the green flag, it told everybody to come. And now we've seen six million people cross the border. We've had more fentanyl that have killed Americans in the Iraq, Vietnam, or Afghanistan wars combined. We need to make sure that we are a country of laws. The second we stop being a country of laws, we give up everything this country was founded on. So we have to secure the border. The way we do that is, first of all, defund sanctuary cities. You see what's happening in Philadelphia right now. It's got to stop. We need to make sure we put 25,000 more Border Patrol and ICE agents on the ground and let them do their job. I spent 400 miles down that border, and I'm telling you, Border Patrol agents aren't allowed to do their job. Let's go back to remain in Mexico policy. Instead of catch and release, let's go to catch and deport. What about, and the, let's aid make that we've been, what about the aid that federal taxpayers are paying to deal with the root causes? It's not working. The only it? aid that we should be spending right now is to secure the border, the southern border, the northern border, period. You would cut we off need aid to, to keep Americans safe, and right now Americans are not safe. Only when we fix the immigration system, only when we get the border secure, should we ever look at putting any more money into this. Right. Our money should be about keeping Americans safe. We're not doing that. Joe Biden's not doing that. And you mentioned Congress and, and shutting down government. I'll make it clear. We have to change the budget process. In four years, in 40 years, Congress has only delivered a budget on time four times in 40 years. Right. If they don't keep the government open, they should not get paid. No pay, no budget. That's the way we should. Interesting. So that was again from T. Mickey Haley on the Twitter. Their highlight reel, what they think is going to be the most attractive things that will make people want to go vote for her. Now, in terms of feedback and kind of the statistics and how many people saw it, Again, this is a stark contrast with the competition. She got 24,600 views. That's quite literally a tenth. I know public schools are all-time low for math scores. So I'll also translate that to 10%. So if you had 10 apples, she got one apple of the 10 compared to the audience. Now, in terms of the response, the top one of the top responses is, quote, Thank you for your objective analysis, Team Haley. Laugh emoji. I like Nikki, though, but this is pretty silly claim. Pretty much every candidate could speak of, to addressing each of those issues. They don't get the time to hit everything, unquote. First got two likes. Someone by the name of V. This person says, quote, You have nothing but the same recycled GOP establishment, warmonger talking points to offer, so you attack your colleagues like Shrill Branchy in the midst of a mental breakdown. You're now copying Vivek on using U.S. troops at the border, just like you praised his book, unquote. Though, with a, a little 
eye roll emoji as well. Person got 49 views, one like. Let's see. Diego Cortez says, quote, Nikki Haley for financing the Ukraine war, unquote, getting two likes. Let's see. Not a lot of likes. Uh, Mana Kanda said, quote, her voice is annoying, unquote, getting three likes. Woody Dismukis said, quote, didn't she call for an end to career politicians? So is she going to retire, right? Or is she a hypocrite, unquote? Person got two likes. And the responses are all getting between 10 and 40 views. Whereas the other ones, you're seeing, you know, at least 4,000, 5,000, 20,000. Elon Musk tweet with uh, Vivek, responding to Vivek's social media post about his GOP debate highlights. I got 120,000 views. I'm trying to see, because I usually try to read the ones that have the most likes. Uh, here's one. Groy529 said, quote, the issue not listed is the war with Ukraine, and she stands for the warmongers. She will never get my vote, unquote. That person got five likes out of 95 views. And I try to read more comments, but there, there really isn't that many. Uh, do no harm, although it's spelled D-U. This person said, quote, nope, no to this Boeing warmonger, unquote. Got two likes out of 26 views. So uh, I was going to say, what is this, 90% negative? Uh, let's see. Wants to be sec. Someone said she wants to be secretary of state. That person got two likes. Yeah, she needs to. Uh, this is the only other one that got more than two likes. This person got three likes. This person says their name is I, Patrice at Yahoo. This person said, "Quote: I think Nikki is all talk and no results. I do not trust her that she will be able to correct this horrible mess we're in." She has a lot of little quips and all the time, like a 12-year-old teenager. This is not going to cut it, unquote. And that person got three likes out of 57 views. Needless to say, this is not going viral anytime soon. Let me know in the comments, what did you think of the things that she highlighted? Do you think those are the things that most American voters are going to care most about? And did they properly differentiate her from the competition? Again, what is there, seven or eight people running to be the Republican nominee right now? There's a lot of competition. So let me know, do you think this will help her or hurt her? We'll compare some polls later this week as well, kind of see where people are heading at. Let's see here. Other interesting political news, you have Gavin Newsom roasting DeSantis in a quick interview. Now, DeSantis isn't officially running. There's a lot of speculation of, will Joe Biden run in 2024? Will he even make it? He's already, I believe, 82? How is he? Or 81 now. 82 at what would be the inauguration. So right now, Biden is... Oh, let's see here. Da -da 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 -da. Biden is a current president. Eh, took, he took office at age 78 in 2020. Jeez. So recent polls. So they're saying people are come. This article is saying people are concerned about his age because at the end, if he got reelected at the end of that term, he'd be 86 years old. So again, there's a lot of speculation. Will Gavin be running? I mean, what's going to happen here? So this person actually sits down. This reporter sits with Gavin from Fox 11. This and 
Again, I'm trying to find that new software for picture-in-picture, -picture, so I appreciate your patience as you're trying to find one that works with the camera that I have. If you have suggestions in the comments, greatly, as always, appreciate them. Without further ado, here is, I was going to say Mr. Gavin Newsom. I think we learned that it's going to happen a debate between you and Ron DeSantis, November 30th, Fox News Channel, Sean Hannity yeah. in Georgia without a crowd, yeah. uh, just the two of you. Why are you doing that and what is your strategy? Well, I, it's, I don't know if that's the right question. Why is he doing it is the right question. He's running, I think, I'm not sure after tonight, but currently he's running for president of the United States. Uh, you think he'll still be a candidate on November 30th? That's an open-ended question. Part of me wonders if, he, you know, uh, the fact that he took this debate, the fact that he took the bait in relation to this debate, shows that he's completely unqualified to be president of the United States. That's my humble first Why is that? You're baiting him with the debate offer? Of course. I mean, why is he debating a guy who's not even running for president when he's running for president? He's showing up at the Reagan Library, hollowed ground, and he puts out an ad today, not for his presidential campaign, to promote a debate against the governor of California? I mean, this guy's distracted. So I don't know that he has it in his heart. I think, here's my personal opinion about Ron DeSantis, he regrets running for president. Mm. He made a huge mistake. He listened to his consultants. He bought his own hype. He had this little God, God complex. I mean, look at the ads themselves. Literally, God created. I mean, he bought into all this stuff. And he quickly regretted it, but he's stuck. And here's the problem. Get one chance of first impression. He's belly flopped. He's down 30 plus points from where he started. So it's a, it's a terrible situation for him. Pretty articulate argument from the governor of California. Now... Of course, California, you get what you vote for. People are fleeing that state in droves and businesses. But he had some good points. DeSantis taking this debate doesn't look very tactical. Now, look at the comments. It looks like this video got 14,000 views in one day. One of the top comments by a number of likes being Medro2435 said, quote, Dang, hate to admit it, but that's a pretty good trap by Newsom. Wish he was on my side, unquote. Again, 19 likes. Mr. Javier Madrona saying, quote, Newsom is running for president of the United States. Which, there's a lot of speculation. He's, again, it's fascinating that people keep voting for him in spite of California losing so many businesses, so many jobs, so many people, and crime being exponentially up. But you get what you vote for. They like it, apparently. And, well, maybe he would be successful. Someone by the name of JSN1 said, quote, Newsom is the worst. Can't believe anyone would vote for him. Please, someone please save our great state of California, unquote. Again, that person got 41 likes. Let's see. Someone by the name of Nancy King, 9033, said, quote, Gavin Newsom equals American psycho, unquote. Now that person got 18 likes. So... I was going to say, in terms of a political trap, that was pretty prudent by Newsom. Because, again, it does not make DeSantis look good. And he brought up a couple articulate points about DeSantis not being as energetic, kind of having a flop when he announces he was first running for president. Because, let's be honest, that was underwhelming, to say the least. There's so much speculation about Ron running for president. People kind of already knew. And when he chose to formally announce it, he went on Twitter, now X, and he did a live stream, which is audio only. Which again, a majority of body, a majority of communication is through body language. And yet, he chose Twitter, where he sounded lackluster. You couldn't see his face. It, 
it kind of just flopped. People, he just said what everyone already kind of knew. And again, he is down in the polls. There's a lot of speculation of is Vivek going to overpass him in polls? Is Nikki Haley going to pass him in polls? In some polls, they are actually passing him. So it'll be interesting to see. Again, do you think, in the end, do you think it will be Gavin Newsom versus one of the Republican nominees in the end of the day? Do you think he's secretly campaigning? That's, that's a, there's a lot of speculation about Gavin Newsom. He's doing many of the actions. He's going to other states pseudo-campaigning. There's a lot of speculation of people thinking he's going to be running soon. Let me know in the comments. It'd be fascinating to see your take on the issue. Now, going on to the business blunder of the day, you have Volkswagen having an IT outage so bad that production of their vehicles actually came to a halt. Now, it looks like this is, of course, one of every IT leader's greatest fears next to ransomware having a malicious act is when the machines don't work and you have a bottleneck where, you know, if you're a factory, if one machine goes down, it doesn't matter if all the other machines work, you're going to have the bottleneck because you can't go past that cycle in the assembly stage. Now, it looks like Volkswagen did say that there is an unspecified, quote, IT malfunction on network components, unquote, and its site in Wolfenburg, Germany, its global headquarters. So that's, it's good in the fact that it doesn't sound like they are being affected by ransomware or a malicious actor where they're having their data stolen, but also doesn't look good if you can't do something as simple as networking. And again, on their global scale, it's a very complex network, don't get me wrong, but if this is something as silly as an IT a network misconfiguration switch or switch is going bad, that again, it doesn't make them look good, so to say. Now, it looks like the outage also affected German sites in Edmund, Ozenbrook, Hanover, Dresden, and Zaftwick, and components factories, as well in Bronsel, and I apologize, I know I'm butchering half of these, Bronselwick, Kassel, Chemiz, and Zegliger, Zalzliger, according to a company note. And they also said, quote, according to the current analysis, an external attack is unlikely to be the cause of the system malfunction, unquote, and... That, of course, they said fixing it is their highest of priorities, unquote. Now, definitely not the opportune time to have this happen. You have the UAW strikes with the UAW United Auto Workers kneecapping the General Motors, as well as Ford and Stellantis. Stellantis being the parent company now behind Chrysler, which Chrysler also owns Dodge as well as Jeep. So less vehicles are being made by the big three. So now's the time to make a lot of vehicles. Because consumers will probably switch to brands, well, perhaps they value reliability or other features. But it's one of those things where this is an opportune time to flood the market with their vehicles because the supply chain for the big three is decreasing with their vehicle output. And again, you could also argue you have record high, you have record high inflation, you have record high interest rates. So to buy a car is not an opportune time as well. So maybe it won't be too detrimental. But again, to have one of the most premier German automotive manufacturers kneecap from what could be such a simple networking issue, that, that's got to be the business blunder of the day. Thank you again for taking the time to tune in today. Again, I know it's ambitious, but we're trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of October. So if you can click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, don't forget to take the time to like and comment. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. Even if it's critical feedback, that's how we get the channel better and better. That's how I improve. Also, don't forget to take the time to Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe, fight the good fight.